Podcast One presents Off the Vine Great Therapy. Caitlin Bristow is going to answer your questions, drink to your confessions, and hear what you have to say about anything Bachelor. Let's shake it up some more. Here's Caitlin. Welcome to Great Therapy. I'm your host, Caitlin Bristow. Your session is now starting. My guest today has been featured in a huge variety of publications, including BuzzFeed, Teen Vogue, Entrepreneur, Vanity Fair. Don't know if you've heard of it. Forbes, not a big deal. Uh, She's an absolute powerhouse who turned what was once a dorm room startup into a seven-figure business to help kids fight cancer through headbands. She is an entrepreneur, speaker, and writer whose soon-to-be-released book, Chasing the Bright Side, shares behind the scenes of how she created her empire. She's a huge inspiration. So excited to learn more about who she is and what she does. Please welcome to the podcast, Jess Ekstrom. Thank you for having me. Of I'm course. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I First of all, we have this like live stream here. Is this live? I don't think this is live, oh, okay. but we'll we'll post it. But yeah. you do have a live in um airstream? Is that what you we, Yeah. Yeah, we, you yeah. and your husband and your dog. And our dog. I yeah. need to hear more about this. Ramen and Ollie need a play date for sure. I can tell he's gonna start barking by the Yeah. See, did you see that? I'm not <laughs> yeah. even making eye contact. I'm not even know, making eye contact. Okay, I won't make eye contact if he, he'll keep barking. He is I swear to God, he knows when I start podcasting and that the attention is not on him anymore. My dog does the same thing. So anytime been, we yeah. start on a podcast or I'm doing anything important, he's like, now's the time to interrupt. Yeah. See, and I, if you just ignore him, then he lays okay, down. Good to know. Oh, okay, what kind of dog do you have? So I have a standard poodle, but oh, we cut him poodles. like a regular dog, so yeah. you almost can't really tell. Like, yeah. My How husband big? is always like, oh, he's not like the regular kind of poodle. He's, he's a cool poodle. He's a cool poodle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fu- a black? Um, he, it's called a party poodle, which makes it Stop even it. better. because a we're party like, poodle. It, it's when they have a mixed coat. And so when we figured out that he was called a party poodle, we were like, we have a party animal oh on my our gosh, hands. That's this is amazing. amazing. So he's brown and white. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah. I found him on Craigslist one day and I was like, this is my dog. And so now with him. Wait, you found him on Craigslist? I randomly found him on Craigslist. It was my husband and I got married and um, I said, okay, I'm going to need like a kid or a dog soon. And he was like, what breed of dog should we get? (laughs) Yeah. I heard dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dog sounds good. And so uh, just I grew up with a poodle and I just like typed in poodle on Craigslist and I found him and reached out and I told him I was like let's just go look of yeah. course that's the first thing yeah and then we came home with him yeah of he's course the oh so he's like gosh. 70 pounds now still thinks that he's lap dog but that's we funny. um travel around in the airstream we've been traveling for like eight months now and going all around the country wow. it's been so fun wait now I'm confused what do you mean you travel around the, with yeah. with your poodle with the poodle in it's the th- yeah the three of us so we have a truck that we tow this airstream with and oh. we're mobile so we started in North Carolina and oh, now I see what we you're are saying. yeah yeah we're out west and just and that's why you're in up. Nashville yeah, so in Nashville for some of the book tour, yeah. um, the Airstream's actually parked in Las Vegas right now. Oh my so, gosh, yeah, where are you been... originally from? North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So not not too far from here, yeah. but we've been having a really good time. It's been, it, I was on the road all the time anyway for Headbands of Hope stuff yeah. and speaking, and my parents have actually been living in an RV. They're entrepreneurs as well. They sold their company, wow. sold everything.
everything they owned. No way. Got in an RV. They've been living full time for five years in this RV and they just became park rangers, which I think is the cutest thing. That is thing. adorable. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They're living their best life in their little ranger outfits. So being entrepreneurial <laughs> is like in your blood. Well, it wasn't even like entrepreneurial. It was a problem solver. I remember when we were kids, we went on this like family camping trip. We were always going camping. Our poodle growing up, his name was Camper. That's how legit we were camping. And I remember one day I was uh, camping and I was going through my like rebellious, like preteen years. I was like, I'm going to listen to my Walkman, you know, not (laughs) the outdoors. Yeah. And I take out the, these headphones and they were like getting tangled in this knot. Yeah. I was like, this is stupid. You know, headphone cords should roll up like a slinky so they don't get tangled. And I just said to my dad, I was like, I'm just going to invent that. And he sat me down and he looked me in the eyes and he's a pretty goofy guy. So when he was serious, I thought something terrible would happen. Yeah. Like he forgot the marshmallows or something <laughs> bad. But he looked at me and he was like, that's already been invented. But I want you to keep thinking that way. Yeah. And it was, I remember that moment so distinctly as like, that was when I really became an entrepreneur was when I thought about the world through a lens that I could fix it. I didn't realize that that was entrepreneurship. It was just solving problems. Right. You're just a problem solver. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I like to call it inspiration from frustration. I mean, we get so frustrated about so many things and it's like, Maybe in the next time we're frustrated, think about why and what What if we were just inspired to make a change about it instead? I love that. Good. That's it. Wow. Take it. And what, what age were you? Oh, man. So that was around like 12 years old. And then that was when I started getting into eBay. Yeah, and... I was going to say you were auctioning off toys on eBay <laughs> when you were 12. <laughs> I can't believe that's public information. But yes. <laughs> I um, I do my research. Yes, thank you. Uh, I really like struck it big with selling my American Girl dolls. I remember like when eBay hit, I was like, oh, I'm going to make some money. I'm going to be like the cool kid in school. And I ended up getting this like white sheet from my mom's linen closet, threw it in my bedroom, borrowed like a digital camera and took photos of these like American Girl dolls, like post product photos. I was like, oh, this one's going to be hot. Like get it while it lasts. And (laughs) Uh, that was like my first, you know, business and got shut down when I started selling my sister's toys. Oh. But yep. that was that's, that, that's business. Jess. That's business. <laughs> I know I've learned that now. <laughs> you learned at a young age. Yeah. Though, so yeah. That's I'm good. glad I got that out of the way early. Do you know when I was 12, I started my own doll hospital. Did you really? Yeah. In the crawl space of my basement. And anytime somebody's doll was broken or something was wrong, I would have them into the doll hospital and I would help fix them and bring them back to normal. What was your remedy? Um, I I don't know. I remember putting them on like an ironing board. That was like the (laughs) operation. That was the operation table. (laughs) And I would like, I don't know if I pretended or actually tried to fix them. Yeah. But I just wanted to like run this hospital and and help dolls. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's it's a big problem in the world right now. Yeah. 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 We need more people like you saving dolls lives every day. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for hero. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are like me, but I like to give gifts for the holidays. I don't like overspending on all those gifts. Definitely not. So why spend more than you have to? Finding the lowest price is easy if you have Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes whenever you shop online. This means you always get the best deals without even trying on over 20,000 sites such as Amazon, eBay, J.Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Best Buy, and more. 
I like to get started on holiday shopping pretty early, which is so not like me in every other way in life, but I I just don't feel overwhelmed come December. And Honey has really been making my holiday shopping a lot more enjoyable. I was buying a little something something for my niece online, and when I got to checkout, Honey saved me over $15. I was like, oh, hey, maybe I should give her a second gift too. That's why it's no wonder that Honey has found it's over 10 million members, over a billion dollars in savings. If you're buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. If you're not, then you probably know someone who is, so do them a solid and tell them about Honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for whatever you're buying. It's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash vine. That's joinhoney.com slash vine. So tell me how you first became involved in working with kids who have life-threatening illnesses. Like what was your path from first starting to work with kids to starting your business, Headbands of Hope? So believe it or not, it starts in Disney World. Okay. I was a freshman year of college. I was actually like going through a breakup Mm -hmm. and, you know, those like high school boyfriends where you're like, oh, "Oh, we're going to be together forever. forever. And, you know, like, what are we going to name our kids? And then you get to college and you're like, oh, never mind. (laughs) Yeah, JK, JK. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so it was one of those like, I need to get away and like go find myself kind of things. And then there was this flyer for this Disney college program. And I was like, Disney sounds like the happiest place on earth. (laughs) And so I go to Disney World. I'm a photo pass photographer, which was so fun. I got to take pictures of people from all over the world. But my favorite thing that I got to do there was photograph kids that were there on their wish through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's great. Yeah. So then I got back to school and interned for Make-A-Wish. And Mm -hmm. that was when I was really starting to discover kids that would lose their hair to chemotherapy would be offered a wig or they'd be given a hat. Yeah. And a lot of them really didn't care about covering up their heads. That wasn't right. the goal. Yeah. They, they just wanted something where they could feel good about themselves and feel like just a kid again. Mm-hmm. So I would see them coming to the office or I'd see pictures on their wish where they're wearing headbands and no one was providing that. I was seeing, you know, if there was any companies or organizations out there where I could get some headbands. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and that was really the moment. You know, I think that a lot of times we like to overcomplicate entrepreneurship, but it's just about creating what you wish existed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something that I wish existed mm-hmm. for the kids. And so without a lot of thought, which I think was to my benefit, I just went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good for you. And explain to everybody listening how Headbands of Hope works. So for every headband sold, we donate one to a child with cancer. Mm -hmm. So to date, we've donated over half a million headbands to kids with cancer and and reached every children's hospital in America in 15 countries now. Wow, good for you. Yeah, but I also like, I mean, one of the things I love about your podcast, Caitlin, is that you're just so real and authentic. And one of the things I loved about your season and- one of my pet peeves with entrepreneurship or like any success story mm-hmm. is like it's like the A to B and the snap of a finger. Like, right. One day I had this idea yeah. and the next day like Oprah just keeps calling me. Yeah. And like, I just, I just calling. need some space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that was a narrative I kept hearing when I was starting mm-hmm. Headbands of Hope. And I was running into these like really massive mistakes, which I'm happy to get into. But yeah. I never heard any um, story that kind of normalized like the messiness of a startup or just going after something. It was always just the, I had an idea and I just did it. Here I am. Here I am. Like parked, you know, my yacht is in the harbor. And uh, so I really want, you know, my story of Headbands of Hope and what I speak and what I share in the book to be 
real, um, including that. mistakes. Of course. So what what kind of mistakes do you think? You, I mean, not just you personally, <laughs> yeah. but like what kind of like uh, roadblocks did you run into along the way? So in the beginning, I, you know, I was a college student. I had this idea to give headbands to kids with cancer. I was studying communications. I mean, I couldn't even spell entrepreneur. I, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I don't know if I can. Really. I, I was going to say, I'm still <laughs> questionable. Don't test me on that. I can't spell restaurant. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I so I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So test you me. can't spell restaurant. I can't spell entrepreneur. But um, I just started kind of using what I had in college. I, I paid this girl to build my website who was a computer design student. And I paid her in Chipotle burritos. And that was how I made my website. No way. I uh, needed a logo. I walked into this like graphic design class and that I wasn't in. And I was, went up to the teacher and I was like, you know, it would be a great idea <laughs> is if for your next class assignment, everyone had to make me a logo and I picked you the best one. Yep. And that was how I got my first logo. And so little by little, like things started to come together by not focusing on what I didn't have, but things that were right in front of me. Um, And that's one thing that I like to tell people who have an idea is just like, don't look over the fence. Someone's going to have more money than you. Someone's going to have, you know, more contacts than you, but what's within your control. But then I needed to uh, create the actual product. Mm -hmm. I needed the headbands, you know, small detail. Mm -hmm. And so I started working on this um, list of U.S. manufacturers that I found in this database and going down the list, just hoping that one of these factories would just take a chance on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, I know that I'm coming at you from like a dot edu yeah. email <laughs> address with like, don't judge. Yeah. Comic Sans font probably yeah. in a 12 line email signature about how I'm president of the ping pong club or something stupid <laughs> but it just like hoping that someone would see the good and the potential in what I'm doing and and go for it yeah and two months of radio silence no one got back to me finally this factory in Kansas got back to me and they wanted to get on a call and I was so excited I get on this call with them I tell them about my idea and they love it they're like we're gonna be here for you in this and so they send me some headbands, some samples to give them feedback. I send them back. So for about two more months, we're like sampling the product. Mm-hmm. So finally, they ship me a headband that I'm good to go with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, let's do it. This let's let's yep. make this headband. Yeah. You know, I had this moment. I'm like, here we go. Yeah. So they send me over the invoice. And it was for $10,000. Oh, and I was like, you know, I probably should have asked yeah. this before. <laughs> right. But I learning lesson exactly. Yeah. But I also want to be honest in like the this mindset that I had at the time was anyone who was working with me was like doing me a favor, you know. And sometimes right. I think, especially as women, we can get this hierarchy in our head, yeah, where we think we deserve like the scraps in the kitchen when really we have a seat at the table just mm-hmm. like everyone else. Mm. But in my head, I was thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not at this. I'm who am I to be doing this? Anyone who's working with me is just doing me a favor. So I wasn't speaking up or asking questions. Um, but at the time, I didn't have that kind of clarity. And I was just thought, where am I going to get this money? Right. So I started to do some research. I started thinking, okay, can I get a loan from the bank? Could I get an investor and give away some equity? And I was talking to my dad about these options who, as I mentioned, is also an entrepreneur. And he was like, look, I've seen your business plan. You know, I really think that this is going to be something. Mm -hmm. 
big. This is a great idea. It's going to help a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. One of the mistakes I made starting my company was I gave away too much equity too early. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to have to do the same thing. So I will front you mm-hmm. the loan for $10,000. Mm-hmm. And you can pay me back as the business starts to make money. And that was like hearing my dog speak English. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? And I just, and I recognize this immense privilege, of course, financially, but even emotionally of having yeah. like a family support of just of going for it. Yeah. Um, and so I just was so excited that he believed so much in this idea. And, and, and you, because I, I think a lot of times people and kids feel so much pressure from families to like go to school and get this career. And right. And, you know, so he was fine with me taking this other that. path, which was that. awesome. Yeah. So I ran to the bank. It was a Friday afternoon. I was like, I want them to get the money before the weekend because I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Duh. And I wired them $10,000 and I never heard from them again. You're joking. No. Oh, Shit balls. No yeah. way. Yeah. I had like Oh, I was like waiting for this like great I yep. did not see that curveball coming. Neither did I, clearly. Oh no. Yeah. It was I still like my heart is yeah, racing. I, this and this was like eight years ago or so. I'm still I get so upset. Wait, I'm so confused. So this company, you found them online yeah. and they seemed legit seemed and legit. you had I gone mean, back and done... forth. Right. Oh, it was months of conversations, months of conversations. So what happened after? Did you? Wh- huh? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> okay, we on. ended up going to court and um, like I, I was like 18 years old, like being deposed wow. about stuff. And it ended up the money was gone. We were just spending more and more in like legal fees. Like it, and so we had to come to this point where we were like just cut our losses and yeah. move on. Yeah. But then I went online and was like, I'm going to make sure that no one else works with these people. Yeah. And then I found all these forums that they had done the same Shoot. thing. And so they got shut down and everything. But I remember, you know, after this happened, going to bed and, you know, when you go to bed and you just like run through all your life's mistakes, like everything, every night, yep. you're like, why did I do that in yep. 1997? Yeah, of course. So I'm closing my eyes and I was like, you know, I could stomach being embarrassed, the embarrassment of failure. Mm-hmm. But this idea, Headbands of Hope, was started because of a problem. It was started because these kids weren't feeling confident when they were losing their hair to chemotherapy. Right. And I like to think of the best companies organizations anything that's created start because someone has an itch like a need Mm. and then companies provide a scratch a solution so kids not feeling good about themselves after losing their hair was my itch headbands of hope which provides headbands to kids with hair loss was my scratch right and so i remember just laying there in bed and thinking like this isn't really about embarrassment of failure it's about this itch not being scratched and you know like I just couldn't sit with that feeling and so I got up and the next day I went to my school they were giving away these $300 grants to students who were starting companies mind you I lost $10,000 was a starting point Um, I bought two different types of headbands from some supplier in Bismarck North Dakota who let me buy really low minimums and threw them up on my website April 25th, 2012, and I never took outside money again. Holy crap. Hey, question for you. Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, all made-up days designed to get you to buy more stuff? 
Well, let me tell you about another made-up day. It's called Sell Your Shit Sunday. Yeah, Sell Your Shit Sunday. It's a day to sell stuff you don't use anymore, created by Mercari. You know Mercari, the selling app that makes selling your stuff fast and easy. So here's what to do. You go through your home and find all that good stuff you don't use. The phone in the drawer, the jeans you only wore once, the handbag hiding in your back closet. Then you take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is connected to millions of buyers. It's super easy. Mercari even emails you a shipping label when it sells, which is amazing. Everything ships too, so there are no awkward meetups with strangers. We all know we don't like that. The app has over 5,000 reviews on the App Store with an average of 4.8 star rating, so why not give it a try? Finally, an app that makes you money. Check out Mercari and make every day sell your shit Sunday. <laughs> the day may be made up, but the money's real, you guys. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I, the selling app. How did you keep going after that kind of, you know, like, I know a lot of people out there probably listen and think, I, w- I would have given yeah. up after that. Or mm-hmm. how do you trust after that? Or how do you believe in, like... <laughs> humanity after that like you're trying to do such a beautiful thing with children suffering and here some asshole is scamming you out of ten thousand dollars for it that's sick like how do you keep going i think that moment to happen so early really taught me how bad i wanted it Mm. and it was like this this fork in the road of like either i'm committing to this and going all in or this is a really great excuse to turn around yeah and something that um I feel like I've learned over the past seven, eight years starting this business is that hard times give us a choice. Mm -hmm. It's either the excuse to do less or the reason to do more. And so this one single time. Oh, good. Go on. (laughs) Like this one experience can trigger like two completely different reactions. It could be the excuse as to why like we hide and don't want to put ourselves in that way again. Or it could be the reason as to why we do something more. I mean, similarly with you, when you were having a tough time with your season, Mm -hmm. it's like you could have easily used that as an excuse to like, I don't want to ever be in the public eye. I don't want to do anything. But you use it as a reason to be an advocate. And so it's one single experience that can trigger two completely different reactions. And one of my favorite analogies for it is that boiling water can soften a potato, but harden an egg. So it's not as much about the circumstance as it is about the subject and who we are. Wow. So it's... You are inspirational. This is like <laughs> motivating me right now. I've I've been going through a bit of a hard time with um, a lot of things like online or what people are saying. And you would think after all the time on, you know, going on the show and going yeah. through things and, and coming out of it where I am now, you'd think I'd be like tough and have thick skin, which I do. And mm-hmm. I am tough. And But I'm like going through this weird rut in life where I feel like... I'm kind of going into this place where I'm like, should I just go away and hide for a bit? Because people are mean. But you're right. No, that's not who I am. It's not who you are. And I think that that's what makes the people who love you love you so much is because you've chosen that one experience or all those experiences, not as the excuse to do less, but the reason to do more. And when you think about any great movement that's ever happened, whether that's the Me Too movement or civil rights or whatever it might be, none of those things began when times were good. Right. And so sometimes when we think about like doing good and optimism and charity or like 
we think about like the hearts and flowers around it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what we have to remember is that like the darkness is where we move because when everything is good, why change? Right. But when we're faced with a tough time, when something isn't right, when something, you know, is unfair, that's when activists are born. That's right. when philanthropists are born. That's when people raise their hand. And so sometimes we have to be able to like see that light at the end of the tunnel going through tough times like sometimes we do. And thank God you did because look how much you're changing, you know, you're helping people and you believed in yourself and what you have to offer and you just kept going even though somebody absolutely robbed you Yeah, and such a beautiful idea, but you just kept going and now you have this successful company that does this. And like, first of all, where can people get these headbands? Yeah, you can go to headbandsofhope.com and purchase them and uh, that we have so many different products that you can choose from. I know you're a fan of the knotted. You wear those yes. lobby plies. Yes. It looks so good on you. Oh my gosh. You can tie them around dogs next. Raman can wear one. Yeah, because yeah, I got, I still have a bunch of headbands from you guys oh, and you yeah. brought me more, so I'm so excited. Yes. Um, but I remember how, I mean, was it two years ago, I think it was? Yeah, that, yeah. Um, my, my team had kind of reached out and said what you were about and that I could get headbands. And I was like, hell yeah. I, like, what? We were so, so excited. My uh, whole Headbands of Hope team is such a fan so we oh were really well grateful. i'm i am a fan of oh, of good. just i mean obviously what you're doing and who you guys are as people and and just what a what a movement and what a great thing that you've done for everything and everyone Thank you. And i'm just i was so excited to get some and not only to get some for my hair just to like spread the word yeah and, and now to be able to have you on my podcast it's it's like one of my favorite things in life is to use my platform to to bring awareness it's or your reason to it, do more yeah, yeah it yeah. really is i love it and it 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 selfishly brings me joy. <laughs> good. <laughs> but, but I mean, at the same time, it's for a good cause. So we'll be right back with more Off the Vine. Great therapy. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. This is Off the Vine Grape Therapy. Can you tell us how you come up with the designs for the headband? Yeah, it's actually a running joke with the team whenever (laughs) I have any input on design or let's do this pattern or oh this will be super cute like those are the products that don't move (laughs) and so they're like you have no you need to move away from the room for right now because I'm like oh something shiny let's do it (laughs) and um so I have a product development team and so one of the things that we've been really excited about doing though we actually just did it right before this at Monroe Carroll Children's um one of the things we noticed when we would go into the hospitals is that the kids don't have a lot to do when Mm -hmm. they're there you know, to think they're being pulled out of school or like, you know, all the things that kind of are helping them in this developmental process just go on pause. So we're like, how can we still fulfill our mission, but also give them something to do? And so we started doing these DIY headbands. Um, So we had these we have these make your own flower crown kits where the kids can actually design and create their own flower crowns. But what we just launched was um, are these coloring book headbands. 
So there are these bandanas, um, and then uh, Sharpie has given us like a ton of like these custom Sharpies where the kids can actually um, color in these bandanas and wear them. So it's really cool. So they get to like create their own. Um, So that's what gets me really excited on the product development side, Mm -hmm. not just like the consumer facing side, but how can we do fun products for the kids in the hospitals that they can like get their hands dirty. Gosh, what a great idea too that, you know, like you said, I think there's so much around kids going through what they're going through if they're going through cancer and chemo that you don't even think about the fact that they're missing out on like certain things that they would just be doing simple at home school crafts that kind of thing you know right the simplicity simplicity, and I think a lot of times when we think about giving we think about the like Ellen DeGeneres style of like oh I'm gonna you know fund a rainforest or like something like you know I created a library and it's like millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and then when we don't when we can't do that, we feel like we can't give at all. Yeah. And when I think about Headbands of Hope, one of the things I love about it so much is because a headband is so small. It's right. so simple, but it's like one small thing that can make such a big impact for people. Especially kids. Like yes. the big things don't really matter to them. Like the money, you know, the the yeah. dollar signs behind things of a funding a library or all these things. It's the little things that they can do to like the like, coloring a headband that they can wear means so much to a, a child. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And but I think like a lot of times we take ourselves out of the game if we can't afford the you know yeah. big big style of giving then we don't do anything at all. And the chasing the bright side I say like if you can't give a whole chicken just give a chicken nugget. Yeah. Like it's still such a great gesture and the small things add up. Absolutely. And forget Caitlin Bristow. You celebrities like the Kardashians wear <laughs> your headbands. I don't know. I think that you were one of the top of our list. What? So, yeah. Get out of town. That's, I mean, just to have someone like Khloe Kardashian with the, the platform that she does yeah. um, wearing them is just, again, like another small gesture that's a headband, but that can reach so many people and make such a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool to see the celebrities and people that have come on board with it. And, but I'll admit I got really caught up in that for a while. I think, um, you know, when I was first starting headbands of hope, it was like, I felt like I had it all figured out. I was like, Oh, I'm doing what I love. I'm making a difference. Mm -hmm. Like I discovered the meaning of life. Yeah. But then as I st- the company started getting bigger and you have more employees and then you have like warehouses and then all these things. And I, I started really like getting caught up in how it looks mm-hmm. and not how it feels. Mm-hmm. And those are like two completely different things. But I think especially with social media now and social media is great, but sometimes we do things based on how it will look, you know, instead yeah, of, of like, what does it feel like to me? Mm-hmm. And so all the celebrities with Headbands of Hope has been great. But like one of the things I've been trying to work on is like not get so caught up in like the accolades and the achievements of this business and focus more on like, is this aligned with what I want to be doing? Well, I get what you're saying, but that can bring so much more awareness to what you're mm-hmm. doing, you know, like forget who they are and like what they have. It's the fact that they can reach so many other people that can know about what you're doing and yeah. help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that the ripple effect yeah. of it all is super helpful. Um, but I think like sometimes I would get in my head of like, that is what success is. Of course. Of 
being on this show or being on in this magazine. And um, it was kind of like, you know, I'm looking at ramen right now with a dog and you're like a dog getting conditioned with a treat. Like mm-hmm. every time you get something, yeah. it's like, here's a treat. And so you become like, oh, I need to get more and more right. in these lists. And then um, it kind of gets blurry as to like, well, why am I really doing this? Well, I mean, first of all, it's good that you even just have that awareness to think about what the bigger picture is. A lot of people don't. And so good for you for knowing like you did get caught up and that you don't want to lose the you know, purpose or, yeah. or how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's I mean, part of what success can look like is, is you know, having the exposure. The, yeah, the exposure, because especially when you're doing something like what you're doing, mm-hmm. like if we're just trying to, you know, it, it just, the, what you are, you're not selling something, you know, you're like, you, you are, but it's for a, such a good cause yeah. that it is, exposure is a big part of that. It is, yeah. it is. And so it's hard uh, sometimes, like, to adjust your focus. But one of the things I started doing, I have a um, file on my computer, like, any picture that we get from the children's hospitals, any, like, letter from a parent, like, yeah. nurse... I throw it in this file and whenever I'm feeling that kind of like yeah. off, you know, mm-hmm. or something doesn't go my way, I open up that folder and just look wow. at that. But one of the eerie thoughts that I have that like gives me chill sometimes when I open up that file is like, what if this file didn't exist? Because what if that like one failure in the beginning yeah. of like wiring that money was the reason we're like, no, never mind. And so I look at like the hundreds of thousands of kids that we've impacted. Yeah. And it's like to think that like one person could have controlled my fate and hundreds of th- thousands of other people's fate by one failure yeah. um, is just what a great eerie. lesson. Like, I'm just so excited for everybody who listens to this to just hear that thing that you just said. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what a what a true statement. Yeah. You I know? think for a while it was like. I connected these like wounds to my worth. I was mm-hmm. like, if I mess up, therefore, you know, that's on me and who I am as a person. I hear that. Yeah. And you think that like, if I fail, then I'm a failure. And now and it's honestly, I mean, it's people being transparent like you who have made something of themselves, but are transparent about the process that goes to show that like failures aren't reflections of our worth. Mm-hmm. They're just reflections of growth. It's just a part of the process. I'm trying to be more cognizant of that yeah. and thinking that way because I hear stories like yours or what you're doing and I'm like that is, you know, a testament to that. Mm-hmm. And when I think about mine I'm like, "Oh my gosh, sometimes I can't believe I let something bother me." As you know, when it it's did. as much as it did when it's like there's no nothing to it. Yeah. Like but how do you come to that clarity like when you feel off? Uh Jason helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's um, just so level-headed about everything, can really just That's see Jake. the other yeah, side of it. Yeah, really you're good at that. Yeah. yeah, and so it's it's nice to have little reminders around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm living with this person, so it's nice. But I think just um, again, like you said, you go and look at this folder of everyone you've helped, mm-hmm. and I think I can do that too, just by going into Through your DMs yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, there's so many great people out there listening to this podcast who have so much love, and and I just. I mean, it's very two diff- very different things for what we're talking about, but same thing. No. Like everybody in their life can look at a negative and have the you know pity party or try and give up, but you can yeah. look at it as an opportunity to grow. Yeah, and look at 
other things in your life that are great and and keep powering through. And I totally agree. And one of the things that really helps me is just this like rooted belief that failure will always feel better than regret. Mm-hmm. Oh, always. You, like, and so sometimes when you've like messed up or th- something doesn't go your way, you're like, I'd rather be like, I'd rather have a story mm-hmm. than wonder what if. Yeah, absolutely. And so you can always kind of feel rooted in that fact. It was so funny. Did you ever watch a show all that growing up on the Nickelodeon channel? So it sounds familiar, but okay. I can't. Picture it was like what Amanda Bynes, you know. Oh, like the kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I went to the all that the all that concert was my first concert. I'm like, mm-hmm. thanks, mom. Um, and <laughs> when I got there, there was this tent that they had. We were hosting auditions. Yeah. To be on all that, and there was like this three hour line, and I was like, mom, I am waiting in this line. No like, way. This is my moment, and I had no like singing, dancing, acting, nothing like you experience, but I was like. I love but this you show. had the heart. I had the heart. <laughs> I missed the entire concert. I waited in this oh, line. <laughs> you make gosh. it to this tent, and it's just like a camera on a tripod. Like no one even operating it. I don't even know if the camera was on. Yeah. And you go in there and you like read this like script. No and, way. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still waiting on my callback. <laughs> but I remember but you like, did it. I, I, yeah, and I just remember watching that show like moving forward and just having a little sense of pride of like I went for it. Yeah, you know, and just being a kid and having that realization where I was like, this feels better than wondering what if. Totally. Um, I think was like a a, a big quality that I didn't realize was going to carry on so far. And I think once you do that once in your life, you kind of learn from that. A lot of people could live their lives not even going for that one opportunity. But mm-hmm. as soon as you do, you kind of get empowered to be like, I can do another one or I can do something else. And I, yeah. can, you know, because to do something scary or like it's something that you're not comfortable with always will benefit you in some way, even if you quote unquote fail. And you get better at hearing no. It's yeah. like all of a sudden the no's become like less like a bee sting and just like um okay moving on yeah and so you just you just get better at like making your comeback stronger than your setback you're just like I can just keep getting back up and you just get better and better at it each time that's a good great life lesson (laughs) I like that (laughs) hey are you guys looking for a thoughtful unique gift this holiday season you need to check out society six They just sent a gift box here to the studio, actually, so that I could see for myself. So getting this box felt like Santa came early. I'm absolutely in love with this golden retriever portrait carry-all pouch that was designed by Sophie Corrigan. It's the cutest thing I've pretty much ever seen. And it's like I carry ramen everywhere that I go which I'm not mad at. They also sent me some really cute coasters, a throw blanket, and more. All the designs were exactly my taste. So you guys, even wrapping paper from the box is Society6. Amazing. Society6 has a community of 350,000 independent artists from around the world. You'll find everything from wall art to furniture to home decor, lifestyle accessories. No matter who you're shopping for, you're sure to find a perfectly unique gift for everyone on your list. I feel like when I buy gifts for my mom and some of my friends as well, I really want to get them something special and unique. I'm just, I feel like I need to be thoughtful for the people close to me in my life. So Society6 is the perfect way to do it. There's literally something for everyone on their site. And you know, you're going to be the best gift giver of all gift givers. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do I like giving gifts or do I just like being the best at giving gifts? (laughs) 
Every Society6 purchase pays an artist. They empower creativity across the world by allowing artists to keep doing what they love. And there are literally millions of designs to choose from. So you know you'll find whatever it is you're looking for. Or maybe even something that surprises you. Give a thoughtful and unique gift this holiday season with Society6. You can get 30% off and free shipping when you use my code VINE at s6.co slash VINE. That's s the number six dot co slash vine promo code vine society six design your everyday with art you love they were trained in improv comedy right oh my gosh like yeah how that's that's a scary thing to put yourself through as well it, it was um something that i decided you know i was doing a lot of public speaking yeah and i was like you know maybe i could be more loose on stage and some one of my friends suggested improv comedy which is I, terrifying i live for improv comedy and i am too scared to go oh i feel any like you would crush it really no yeah. i'm like that terrifies me to think about i i could like could you do stand-up like a scripted yeah yeah i could definitely I like do that but to go into an improv class and be put in a situation where you just you have just to like yeah, yeah that is terrifying and you did that yeah but i mean it was like a very small small level so but what? i mean i was always really interested in comedy it's like my dream to have a netflix stand-up special but i was like that's I, so cool. and I'm, I'm like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to do it one you day. You still can. I, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm going to get there. Absolutely. But, um, so I took these improv classes and thinking that it would just be helpful on like the public speaking side. Yeah. But this principle that they teach you is called yes and where you have your partner and let's say you're like, hey, Jess, like, let's go to the moon. And I was like, nah, thanks then the scene would end. Right. But if I was like, yes, Caitlin, let's go to the moon. I like hear then, what you say. And then, you know, we could discover life on other planets. Yeah. And so it's about like saying yes to an opportunity and then like building something on top of it. Yeah. And so many of us live in like the yes, but like, oh, that would be great. But. but. Yeah. And so improv really taught me like, what if we just focused on like the expansiveness of what could happen? Like, all the possibilities that are out there. Like we could pick up a guitar in this recording studio today and be on tour with Coldplay in a year. Like what that could happen. Right. And, but we have to be willing to say yes to opportunities when they present themselves because otherwise we kind of sit where we are and we stay in that same room. So improv, I don't know if it made me funnier, but I think it (laughs) gave me a better outlook on life. You're pretty funny, actually. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. So are you. (laughs) Well, when we're like sitting here, there's certain things that you say, you're quick. Like, Oh, good. Yeah. You said a couple of funny things where I'm like, dang, she's funny. Yes. (laughs) That's my life goal is just for Caitlin Bristow to think I'm funny. (laughs) Well, I do. I think you're smart and you're funny and you're making a difference in the world. And I love it. We'll be right back with more Off the Vine Grape Therapy. Hey, everyone. If you like my show, then you're going to love adulting like a mother-father. Join parents and new parents, Daniela Monet and Andrew Gardner, every week as the duo navigates all things adulting, health and fitness to finances and romance, all while balancing their careers and new baby. Listen along as they chat with experts, celebrities, and friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss adulting like a mother-father every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. You're listening to Off the Vine Great Therapy. Um, a lot of people listening, I think, have that desire to be an entrepreneur, or start a business, or but people just never know what to start. And I just yeah. had a couple of questions like, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about starting a business or being an entrepreneur? That you have to have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. It's I like to think of like 
our paths as foggy and like that's okay yeah sometimes when we're driving and it's foggy we're like oh we can't see you know the end of the road Mm -hmm. but we can see like what's right in front of us Mm -hmm. and that's a lot like being an entrepreneur is we might not be able to see exactly where we're going but we can see those like few steps and I think that you know something I used to do was like I would have these set outcomes that I wanted Mm -hmm. I was like this is what I want to do this is what I want to be and I would like grip this outcome like it has to be this Mm -hmm. And so then when you aim, like when you land slightly to the left or slightly to the right of this outcome that you were like so sure of, it feels like a failure. Mm -hmm. But instead, as we're kind of like figuring it out, hold these outcomes instead of with like a clenched fist with an open palm and be like, you know, it could land here, but I'm also open to the different directions it might take me. So you might start a business and you think that you have everything that you want in the next five years. But instead of like gripping that outcome, just see where it takes you and just kind of begin where you are, even if you don't have it all figured out. Yeah. that Yeah, that's – and and what – I mean, I just know, I think from reading into the Facebook group that I'm in and yeah. that off the vine people, I think um, people are always asking questions about what the first steps they should mm-hmm. take would be. Mm-hmm. I ask – one of the things that I love to ask people is what feels light to you right now? Because – Sometimes we can take ourselves out of the game before we even begin because we put this pressure on ourselves to like start the next Spotify or start the next Airbnb. So it's like, well, if that's the scale, then I have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. But when I first started Headbands of Hope, my goal was like, oh, it'd be really cool to give a headband to a child with cancer. Okay, I did that. Oh, it'd be really cool to be able to give an entire hospital headbands. Okay, I did that. And then what if I did it? an entire state, you mm-hmm. know, of hospitals got headbands. And so each time I would just set the bar a little bit, a little bit higher, a little bit higher, instead of saying like, I'm going to revolutionize yeah. the headband industry. And so I think like focusing on what feels light, what yeah. are the small things? Maybe that's doodling a logo. Maybe that's buying a domain. Maybe that's getting coffee or wine with someone who's been there and give yourself permission to do the small things. Because the small actions gives us the confidence, then go do the bigger actions. Yeah. But if we just set the bar like so unattainably high in the beginning, right. then everything we do, every time we don't make it, it'll feel like we're less mm-hmm. when we're not. That's, I mean, just simple. Like um, I, I always try to do small goals for myself, mm-hmm. like instead of like what you're saying, even if it's. As little as I'm going to go to the gym today, I might not go tomorrow and I might Mm -hmm. not have the body that I'm like looking for in three weeks, but I'm going to go today and I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah. And I think just having that mindset in anything, you know, like obviously you want to dream big and and have ambitions and like an end goal, but to just think about day-to-day things that you can do to reach your goals, to make them bigger every time. Like people, people just kind of set, like you said, set the bar too high and then just feel disappointed in themselves instead of just giving themselves small goals to work through to grow and get bigger and aim higher as you go on. Yeah. It's, I kind of feel like it's like cleaning my house or right now my airstream that I'm in. But like when we say, oh, spring cleaning, I'm going to scrub the entire place. Like you know, floor to ceiling, then sometimes we're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. But yeah. instead, if you're like, you know, I'm just going to like clean the bathroom. Yeah. And then you're like, well, while I'm here, I could do this. Yeah. And so same thing with our like goals and dreams. Like what feels light to you right now? And once you get started, you... And, yeah, you gain that momentum. Yeah. It's like breaking the seal all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Once you just take that first step 
it feels a little easier to take the next one. Yeah, absolutely. And and you created, which I love, Mic Drop Workshop, yes. which is an online course and community for women who want to make an impact through public speaking. Yes. And without giving all your secrets away, yeah. Uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make when speaking in public? Yeah. I mean, I one of the things I had noticed, I was speaking a lot and I was like the token woman in a lineup. I would be like, I'd show up to an event, especially anything like business or tech related. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, good. You know, we have a woman. And um, all, there would always be like all male panels. I yeah. call them manals. You can find like a really funny Tumblr that's called manals. Oh, but, that's funny. <laughs> um, so I said, you know, we should, there needs to be more women out there telling their story. And I think one of the reasons why I created Mic Drop Workshop was to solve this problem of women have amazing stories. They have incredible things to say but sometimes they feel like they have to reach a certain platform in order to feel qualified to say it like oh my company needs to make this much money before I can start speaking or I need to have such and such accolade or a doctor in front of my name in order to become a speaker and being a speaker isn't about being an expert actually I mean maybe it used to it's definitely not anymore I have I've spoken at universities or something and I'm like who the hell would have thought Caitlin Rousseau would right? be a speaker? You know, I'm not there, but I am because I, it's about what you have to speak about. It is, you've, uh, yeah, it's, you have something to say. Yeah. And I think that if Mic Drop Workshop can help women, like giving them the contracts, giving them the what negotiation a great name too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, go on. Anyways, the- um, and just like, let's get rid of all the questions that you have around public speaking and just help you focus on your story and facing it outward so people can learn from it because it's not about lecturing it's just about inspirational storytelling yeah people don't want you to stand up there with like and my next exhibit is like right. this research that i found and da, da, da. right they want you to talk about you know your time on the bachelorette and how yeah. that affected you and how that you know can is a lesson that they can learn in their lives because that's also how they know you and yes. they want to hear something that they understand like what they watched and what they know and mm-hmm. hear you speak to it yeah rather than just like a powerpoint on like you know that's something jason's trying to do um and i think he'd be really good at motivational speaking oh, and, yeah, and talking to different colleges or universities because he has so much to offer and he's gone through so much and he knows that world so yeah. well and he's so good and and passionate about what he's I'm like you need to go do that yeah like he is just he has so much to say and so knowledgeable about it and that's I find that that's what people want to Mm -hmm. hear you know like he's he's very different from other people that went on the bachelor and the bachelorette right that's what he has to like find his way in in that side of things because he could be so great yeah and offer so much to people one of the things, and you can share this with Jason if he's listening, that I like is... Better be. Yeah. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> um, is I call it the sandwich method. Yeah. So how we can deliver information through our stories is like the bread is mm-hmm. the message that we're trying to share and the meat is a story that supports it. Yeah. So start with your message. What is it that you want people to know? And then use a story that you have that supports that message and then hit him again with that message. Yeah. And so a lot of speaking, you know, isn't about having this like perfect talk where you're so polished. Mm-hmm. It's just about creating messages and and sharing stories that support that message. Especially now. Exactly. That's exactly. Sa- that's why I love Brene Brown so much. Mm-hmm. Like just when she speaks, I'm like, she is so relatable she and leads with her flaws. funny yeah. and she leads with her flaws. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. People aren't looking for perfect. So like, let's stop wasting our time trying to be. Nobody yeah. wants perfection no one, anymore. No one's like, man, 
they were perfect. Yeah. Like lifelong fan. Yeah. It's like, no, oh my gosh, she talked about, you know, this time that was really hard for her. And one of the things I've learned about speaking is like the audience will match the depth that you go. And so it's a lot about reciprocity. So if you're just going up there talking about more the surface of your life or like, and then I figured it all out, like no one's going to really go in that depth. But if you really get deep in yourself Mm -hmm. and things that you've experienced, they'll go there with their own stories as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with podcast listeners. Yeah. I'm like, you need to start a podcast. (laughs) All right, guys, it's time for us to rethink the way we period. I am always looking for new ways to be as comfortable as I can possibly be because I like to move around, get a little crazy. I don't want anything to stop me. Pads can be sticky and bunchy. Tampons can be uncomfortable. Why haven't things changed for us? There is a better way. Meet things. Thinks is period-proof underwear that absorbs your flow up to four tampons worth. Here's how they work. Your period goes in, no leaks, no stains, no smells come out. You stay fresh, dry, and comfortable throughout your cycle. It can back up or even replace tampons, pads, cups, anything you're using today. And they look and feel just like an everyday pair of underwear. They're washable, reusable. You can feel good about switching to a more sustainable period too. Thinks is on a mission to empower everybody with innovative solutions and social change. Every purchase gives back to their Give Rise program, where they're fighting for a better access to puberty education, menstrual equity, and more. I've mentioned that I was skeptical about period-proof underwear at first, but now, huge fan. I love that Thinks has different styles so that you can use whatever it is that you need, depending on what part of your cycle it is. My favorite styles are the cotton bikini and the cheeky for my lighter days. They're so cute, super comfortable, look and feel just like normal underwear that I would buy regularly. They even come in sets, so if you know that you'll wear a few pairs, which you will, you can buy them together. To learn more about Thinks Underwear that absorbs your period, visit periodbetter.com and use our special code VINE to get $10 off your first pair. You have your book. Tell tell us about when it comes out and um, how people can get it. Yeah. So my book is called Chasing the Bright Side. It comes out November 5th. And it's really about how we can use optimism, not just like a mood or like a be happy all the time thing, but more as a strategy to create the better world that we want to live in. So I um, talk about the story of Headbands of Hope, but also just other life events um, that uh, I'll admit were kind of hard to share in this book. My family was in a very public scandal when I was in high school. And um, it was something that I like kept in this like closet for so many years the shame box exactly oh yeah i like that that term the shame box it literally just came to me right now because i was like i have a box in my closet and in my head i'm like it's the shame box yeah that's what it yeah that's exactly what it is and you feel like okay i'm gonna keep it safe lock it up and if if it's out of sight then it's out of mind yeah but it's been kind of like now it's been over just around 10 years since this has happened and i realize i can connect the dots you know from this one experience as to like how I've written my story now. And I think that as we were saying, sometimes like the best things can come out of our worst moments. And so if I can share that and again, match that, that depth and that vulnerability that I hope the readers will get, um, then, then I think it's, it's time to share it. And not only can that benefit the people reading, it's probably therapeutic for you. Oh my gosh. It was this just, relief to say, you know, this isn't something I'm hiding anymore that I don't want to associate with. It's a part of me. And it's, and I'm 
proud. And it's probably a big part of where you're at today. I don't think that I would have started Headbands of Hope had it not been for this, like, rattle, you know, of just like, whoa, what do I want to do with my life, you know, after this? That's, I just want so many people to take away from podcasts that I do or in in anyone, not just podcasts I do, Mm -hmm. anything they listen to or look into. I just... The, the whole thing that we talked about earlier with failure being a learning lesson instead of a, like, reason to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a good – any failure you have ever gone through, a breakup, a hard, like, like bad things happening to you, no matter what scale it's on, mm-hmm. it will shape you. Yes. And it's such a big part of your journey and where you're going to end up. Yeah. I used to think, like, people who had a really smooth path, people who, like – got there no hiccups those were the people who were successful but now i know that people who have the smooth path it's not success it's safety that they were striving for and when you think about like how many people have we read about in history books that were like well i played it safe that's where i got to where i am today yeah and so you have to realize like that the bumps the hiccups the like you know the, the things that we experience are just a normal part of the process, but which is why I think like your podcast is so important and hopefully chasing the bright side will do the same where mm-hmm. let's just like humanize the hustle. Let's yeah. like, we're all in this together. No one knows what they're doing. So let's stop pretending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, we can, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to get to where right. we want to be if we are passionate about it and, and exactly. accept the, the failures as opportunities. And Yeah. And yeah. let's just be in this together. I think like, you know, relationships are stronger when we can just be, like, transparent about it. Oh, don't I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you might know a thing or two yeah. about that. It is nice to find. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, just com- communication, no matter what relationship you're in, business, you know, like, that's just key. And talking about things. Yeah. And being open and sharing your, what does my therapist call it? It's like your your dark closet or something like yeah. open that dark closet and share the, the and you realize it's not and, so scary when you do that no, you know? and that and that probably and that every single person i was gonna say probably no every single person has a dark closet yeah so was being on the bachelorette did that make you more transparent or did it send you the other way for a little bit no or- it i've always been pretty transparent in life uh, i think through even if yeah, even if I was trying to be somebody I wasn't, I was kind of like I would own it afterwards mm-hmm. or I'd like figure it out and I'd always want to talk to people and be open. But going on the show, I just opened up that door with a lot more, more people. people, more scale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I realized that I was helping more than I was hurting. Mm-hmm. So like I was helping people more than I was hurting them. Yeah. And I had people so many people reach out and just say like it was so nice to see that I've been through this and I was like, "Oh, now I'm at a point where I'm like, do I share too much? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's like how you built your tribe Yeah, is is by the level in which you share. Like what and, you see is what you get. D- do so I refreshing. ever make mistakes? And, you know, like I I do open up my world and, and my life to so many people and I don't want to try and be perfect. And mm-hmm. I do get a lot of slack when I'm not. But yeah. that's the right people are there supporting right. me, you know. But sometimes it's so hard because if – sometimes like the three people who aren't on, on board we hear them louder than the 3000 people said. who are i said that today i was talking to one of my girlfriends and she had said something 
something was on a website that involved her because of me. And I mm-hmm. felt guilty because I'm like, I don't know how you got dragged into that. I'm so sorry. And she was like, I just felt such a small portion of what you go through every day. Yes. And like opening up that, you know, like yeah. just having one person. And I said, yeah, it's just so weird to me that sometimes the hate and the trolls are so much louder than yeah. the love. Like the love's there. And yeah. it's But people are like, oh, I love you and you changed this, but they don't, they're not going to reiterate that yeah. every day where the haters will. Right. Well, let me tell you something. When I was talking to my mom yesterday and she was asking me some of the things I was doing in Nashville yeah. and I was telling her about you and I said she was the bachelorette, but one of the things that I love most about her was something that you did after your season and there was some troll that said something really awful and instead of engaging in something negative back... You ask people to send love this person's way. Yeah. And like this person really needs some positivity today. Let's support them. Yeah. And I just was so blown away by that. It was brilliant. And people did too. Yes. I saw. And I just think that that's so um, like what an example to set when you're in those situations. Because how many times do we say, well, I'm going to be the one with the last word. Right. You know? and, and thank you for saying that because I have gone the other way too where I want to have the last word and I right. am pretty sassy sometimes. <laughs> and I always learn a lesson through that too because I never feel good after that. Yeah, you know, like that's I'll, a good that's a good realization. Yeah, and I do. I still make that. I just did the other day. I took a <laughs> screenshot and I put it up, and I didn't even think to block out this person's name because I'm like, well, clearly she wanted me to see that, and I, yeah. I felt really terrible after, and mm. and it hurt her, and I know she hurt me too, but that's not a reason to like get her back. Yeah, and I just wasn't thinking. I was thinking emotionally, and I did it, and then I'm like, that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and and sometimes we think like, yeah, I play to win. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. when you quote unquote win you're like how does how, is this winning yeah you know because I, I mean i'm all about a sassy comeback but when you're like when two wrongs don't make a right at the end of the day you know that old saying so it's like well she got me but i got her back and that doesn't feel good where it did feel good to like some i'm like this person's clearly hurting for them yeah. to say something so nasty to me let's actually send her positivity instead and that's what i want to continue to do yeah. but again we're well do you have any advice for me in this because i I'm kind of new to like putting my all this stuff out there. And it's it's great that, you know, to see people coming back with the positive notes. But of course, when you reach the masses, there's going to be someone or something out there that doesn't have like the best things to say. So how do you how do you go about that? I don't even know what my advice would be. It's more just like um like if you see someone clearly just throwing shade to hurt you, I hope that doesn't happen for you mm-hmm. and I can't see that happening. But like you know that they're just looking for attention. And I think you can tell the times where people want attention where they don't know or where they don't know how to deliver a message and it comes off a little snarky mm-hmm. or when they're just like giving you constructive criticism. Right. So I think it's um compartmentalizing like who is an asshole troll who just wants attention (laughs) who's actually like doesn't know how to deliver a message and just wants to help um and then who's actually and then who's just being yeah yeah, who's actually just giving you like some feedback yeah without feeling like um defensive yeah those are good like categories to think about and again going back to Brene Brown thing is like does it serve the work what this person is saying yes it Anything that I can take and serve what I want to do. And sometimes the people that are, you know, so aggressive, you're like, I can't even take any of this and use it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, 
adore you. And oh, after the this whole conversation, I'm just like, you are such an inspiration. You're such a go-getter and you have such a good heart and you're funny. Thank you. <laughs> Netflix special coming soon. Uh, yeah. I'm like, well, and I would love to do something like we have with the do scrunchie brand. Like yes. We're, I love we're coming out with, you know, new stuff all the time and we want to do headbands and I would love to work with you. In oh some my gosh. Way. That would be amazing. Yeah. We would absolutely love that. And okay. I know that the kids in the hospitals, I'm sure like having them would be amazing. Maybe I they would, can help design. I would absolutely love nothing yeah. more than that yeah and is there like with the um like the nashville don't they have a children's hospital i've been to it the children's yeah. hospital here yeah like i they love they would love it we were just at um seacrest studios yeah. there yeah and I've been there. It, it, which was so cool it's really cool um but they will absolutely love doing headbands of hope projects there so we should definitely do something together it really um changed my life actually going in there when i did for the seacrest show because these these kids just have the best attitude. Oh, best attitude. So we were just there and this at the Seacrest Studios and this kid comes in um to be in the interview with yeah. me and he's sitting there in his like dinosaur costume for yeah. Halloween and talking and we're playing like this Never Have I Ever and it was so funny. The host was like, So have either of you played Never Have I Ever? I was like, Probably not the questions that we're asking here. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like this Halloween edition. Yeah. And um at the end of the at the end of the show, the host asked the kid, like, "Oh, do you have any questions for Jess?" This kid's like seven. Yeah. He's like, "So where can we find your book?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "You're are you my child? Like yeah. you're hired. You're yeah. coming with me." Like just I look around and my like publicist. I'm like, "Did you tell him to say that?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> so these kids. So are where just, can we find you? Yeah. And how can people? Yeah. And yeah. Where can we? Where can up? we support you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please tell me. That's like, awesome. I'll put my lunch money towards this. What a sweetie. So sweet. So they just have, I mean, so much of what you'll see in Chasing the Bright Side has been lessons learned that from these kids. Yeah. And just this rooted optimism that they have during some of the toughest times. What a great book, too, to just have that in people to, well, I feel like it would it would be a day changer. Like yeah, you just read the book so. and you just feel, you know, inspired yeah. or But like, I'll say like it's, and- it's, you know. The, with chasing the bright side, one of the things I wanted to make sure when I was writing is that it's not this like positivity, pledge. happy go lucky, exactly, rainbows and yeah. Because yeah. I, I feel almost like this guilt sometimes when you're not happy all the time. Like yeah. I'm not living life at the highest volume every day. Yeah. And some days I just feel like crap. And yeah, it's okay. Yeah, and so optimism with chasing the bright side, it's not about being happy all the time. In fact, it's using the times when we think there could be better mm-hmm. and like being the one that creates it. But a lot of times that means like sitting and absorbing some of the things that we're not happy with. Yeah. So I hope people get a lot out of it. That's great. Good for you. I I say that too. I'm like, sometimes you just got to sit in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. I think like sometimes when we try to just push ourselves to our happy place and like, that's the, know, the it's, worst. It's thing the, you're not processing anything. No. Yeah. You got to process. You got to feel the feels. Yeah. Feel all the feels. I think, you know, one of my friends, Amber Ray, um, she said like our feelings aren't the problem. It's our relationship to them. Mm. And so that's, I think about that a lot. Like when I'm feeling sad or upset, there's this guilt. Like, why am I sad? Why am I upset? Yeah. I have a great family. I have I this. I do that all the time. Um, and you feel that. So then it gets more because you're like, why am I not grateful? I yeah. should be happy right now. Yeah. But, and so instead of guilting ourselves to feeling that like, Let's just sit with it and see if maybe there's something here that could bring something better. Yeah. And as, if you just practice, you know, practice what you preach and mm-hmm. and do those things, it's crazy how much of a difference it can make without you even realizing if you just 
have that awareness every day to just practice yeah, those just little things. Decisions. Yeah, little things. Yeah. Exactly. And I think like that's what I wanted Chasing the Bright Side to be is sometimes I read a book where I feel like I have a long to do list afterwards of yeah. like, oh, well, I need to be more ambitious and I need to like be creative. And yeah. I want Chasing the Bright Side to feel light and manageable for people. It's yeah. like little shifts. I call them simple revelations. Like yeah. what are these like little simple yeah. things that we can do every day that's just like we don't have to revolutionize who we are, but maybe just like a one or two percent better than we were yesterday. Well, even who can't relate to like if you're feeling like you can't get out of bed, but then you do and you just clean your room. Oh, yeah. That think of how much better you feel after doing that or going to the gym and then think of that on a bigger scale and just exactly. like how, you know, the small decisions, small, things that the, small shifts. I like that. Yeah. So where can we find your <laughs> So just, I mean, that is how I usually, usually like to wrap things yeah. up is how people can find you. Yeah. Um, so you can go to chasingthebrightside.com and that is where I would love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram at Jess underscore Ekstrom. And, can you um, spell that for people just yeah, so they know? It, Jess, J-E-S-S underscore E-K-S-T-R-O-M. Yes. And then you can find us at headbandsofhope.com and hopefully something between us will happen no, soon. No, we, we're going to do it. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. For me, I oh, would good. love to, love to, love to do something with you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Sold. Awesome. And you need to start a podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. You've inspired me. I mean, this hasn't even felt like a podcast. It's like, I mean, obviously we're sitting here having wine, but yeah. I'm like, I could talk to you all day. This is great. Well, we could do a part two. Yeah, I always say done. that to people when I have g- great conversation. I'm always like, so part two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sold. Well, once we do the headband launch and we do something with you guys, we can do another podcast. Oh, I would love that. Thank you, Caitlin. It. Again, oh, I really you. appreciate that you doing this podcast and using this as your reason to do more. No, thank you. We, we just go back. Thank, no, you. thank you. No, thank no, you. Thank you. <laughs> but seriously, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Your session is amazing. Thanks for listening to Off the Vine, Grape Therapy. Tune in to hear new mini-sodes every Thursday. And check out new full-length episodes every Tuesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Who's not with OTV? This week's Grape Therapy is sponsored by Honey. If you're buying gifts this holiday season, then you need Honey. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash buying. Mercari, finally an app that makes you money. That's Mercari, M-E-R-C-A-R-I, the selling app. Society6, give thoughtful and unique gifts this holiday season with Society6. You can get 30% off and free shipping when you use my code Vine at s6.co slash Vine. And thanks. To learn more about thanks underwear that absorbs your period, visit periodbetter.com and use our special code Vine to get $10 off your first pair. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this great therapy with Jess. I have some really exciting news I wanted to share with you guys before I end the episode. So Headbands of Hope has donated over a half a million headbands, reaching every children's hospital in America and 15 countries. So I decided to partner with Jess to help my Vinos headband together to support her important cause. So for every Fur Keeps headband sold, three special coloring book headbands will be donated to children battling cancer. Check out the Fur Keeps headband on the Do website to learn more.